0: In a world brimming with noise and distractions, finding truth can be like a needle in a haystack. But what if there was a guide to help you navigate through the chaos? Introducing the Remnant Podcast with Jackie Wade, a podcast that delves into the heart of faith, spirituality, and life's biggest questions. Together, we will explore the depths of the Bible, tackle challenging topics, and seek out the true essence of living a life of faith in the digital age as a kingdom citizen. Each episode of The Remnant brings you insightful conversations, inspiring stories, and practical wisdom to empower your spiritual growth and help you to stay true to your faith in Jesus. Whether you're at home, on the go, or seeking a moment of peace amidst your busy day, The Remnant is here to uplift, enlighten, and inspire you. Subscribe to The Remnant Podcast on podbean.com, iHeartRadio, Amazon Audible, Player FM, TuneIn and Podchaser. Thank you for joining in on another episode of The Remnant Podcast.
1: Thank you for joining in on The Remnant Podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Wade. We have so much going on in the world today. It requires that we continuously search our hearts and that we continually search the scriptures of God to make sure that we're aligned properly. In today's episode, titled, Are You The Remnant of God?, We're going to get into a profound biblical concept that has echoed through the ages, from the ancient texts of the Old Testament to the life-altering messages of the New Testament and into the very fabric of our lives today. Um, This concept is none other than that of the remnant. And the term remnant, a lot of times people ask, what does it mean? Um, The term remnant refers to what remains after a major portion has been removed or destroyed. In the biblical context, it signifies a small faithful fraction of God's people who persevere in their devotion and commitment to him, even in the face of widespread apostasy, persecution, or calamity. And so throughout the scriptures, the remnant theme serves as a beacon of hope. It's a testament to God's unyielding faithfulness to preserve a people for himself who remain steadfast in their allegiance to him, despite the overwhelming odds that they may face. When we look at the Old Testament, the remnant is often seen as a group of Israelites who survived the devastations of war, exile, and captivity, yet they remained and they kept their covenant with God. For example, after the Assyrian conquest, a remnant returned to uphold the faith of their ancestors. And then when we see in the New Testament, this concept transcends ethnic and national boundaries. Encompassing all who have faith in Jesus Christ, forming a spiritual remnant, united not by bloodline, but by shared faith and commitment to the teachings of Christ. And so today we explore what it means to be part of this remnant. So we're in an era where faith can sometimes feel like we're swimming against the tide, where challenges to our beliefs and values are ever present. And then the question becomes, how do we ensure that we are part of those who are truly faithful? How do we live out our commitment to God in a way that sets us apart, yet invites others into the sacred journey? Sometimes that question can be difficult. I want you to join me as we navigate through these questions. We're going to draw wisdom from the scriptures. Seek to understand the significance of being God's remnant in this world that we live in today again thank you for joining the remnant podcast so when we look in the old testament the concept of the remnant is a reoccurring and compelling theme that speaks to the endurance of faith and the steadfastness of god's covenant with his people this theme is uh, mostly seen in the writings of the prophets where messages of judgment and calls for repentance emerge as a beacon of hope and the promise of a remnant that will remain faithful to God. One of the most illuminating references that I've read so far as it pertains to the remnant is found in the book of Isaiah, specifically in Isaiah, the 10th chapter, the 20th verse through the 22nd verse. And here we see the prophet Isaiah speaks to the future of Israel amidst the backdrop of impending judgment against the Assyrian Empire what we see is that Isaiah prophesies that although Israel will face great hardship and devastation, a remnant will return to the true and mighty God. This remnant is not merely a group that survives by chance. Rather, it represents a purified, faithful portion of the nation that turns back to God with their whole heart renouncing the reliance on military might or foreign alliances that led them astray. And that's just like today, just recently we're still, you know, getting over the whole COVID epidemic. But while we were in COVID, it was it was very noticeable that how humble people um returned back to God and and it, and it was just nice to you and you know everybody just seemed to really care at, at, during this time when COVID was prominent. And you had a people who I said at the time, I was praying one day and I said, God, I pray that the people who are left after this catastrophe will understand that it's not by happenstance that they're still here on the earth. It's not by a fluke that God kept you and I so that we would not, not only give him glory for watching over us, healing our bodies if any of us was sick. But also to talk about the testimony, the testimonies of how God kept us and how he brought us through. I mean, COVID was a trying time. And so now we're like a little bit out of the out of the woodworks with COVID. And, and you find people are back to acting the same if they were rude or nasty or mean. And, you know, And sometimes I just sit back and I'm, I'm, I'm not someone to really judge. I will evaluate For the most part, I like to judge myself. And a lot of times I'm like, Lord, help me to continually be humble and grateful that you spared my life because you didn't have to spare it. But during the time of COVID, my other question was, what is it that I need to be doing for your glory? And so I want you to to ask that question to yourself. What is it that you may need to start doing or continue doing if you're doing it to continue to give God the glory? Because remember... I just believe that we are a remnant here on the earth to continue to do what God tells us to do. Isaiah messages is, is also one of hope and redemption. And like I mentioned, it underscores the idea that even when God's judgment is, is here, his mercy and his grace and his commitment to his covenant endures. The remnant signifies a fresh start, a group through whom God will continue his work and through whom the promises Of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Will be fulfilled. I just truly believe that you're that remnant. If you're listening to me today. You are that remnant. You're still here. It may have not been COVID. But you're still here. Through tests and trials. Through heartaches. Through sicknesses. Through through many dangers. Seen and unseen. You are still here. But you're here for a reason, a purpose, and a plan as it pertains to God. Next, I want to look at the theme of of a faithful remnant that's persevering through adversity. And this was vividly portrayed in one of the narratives of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego during the Babylonian exile. And you could probably remember reading this when you heard about these individuals were taken from Jerusalem to Babylon during Nebuchadnezzar's siege it was a period marked by tribulation and testing of faith for the people of Judah and it came to a time when King Nebuchadnezzar ordered that Shadrach Meshach and Abednego be brought to him leading up to their refusal to worship the golden statue and their subsequent punishment is detailed in the book of Daniel in the third chapter I want to encourage you to read Daniel the third chapter this is Daniel 3:13 through 15. Then Nebuchadnezzar in furious rage commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, "Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold statue that I have set up?" Now if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, the pipe, the trigon, the lair, the harp, the bagpipe, and every kind of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made well and good. He said next, But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? See, It's just like today. A lot of us are tempted to serve other gods, bow down to all types of entities and organizations. We don't have no business. Listen, I'm going to call it up. We don't have any business bowing down to any other God but the true and living God, period. There should be no idolatry in our life if we are the remnant. We are to serve one God and see this verse highlights the moment of confrontation between nebuchadnezzar and the three hebrew boys the men and setting the stage for their act of faith and defiance nebuchadnezzar challenges their loyalty to god just like today question yourself am i really loyal to god or have i made pledges and am i honoring other gods and this presented to nebuchadnezzar he challenged their loyalty presenting them with a choice between bowing down to his statue or facing death in the fiery furnace, ultimately testing their faith in God's deliverance. So despite being uprooted from their homeland and subject subjected to the pressure of assimilating into a foreign culture with idolatry and pagan practices, these young men remained unwavering, In their devotion to God. Listen, if you are of the remnant of God, there has to be an unwavering devotion to God. And a lot of people are not going to like it. A lot of people are not going to understand it or understand you or I, but it doesn't matter. We have to remember, for Christ I live and for Christ I die. And if we don't have a standard, guess what? A standard will be set for you. You'll be surprised how many people is looking at your walk with God and they're trying to determine is, is he or she as real and, and trying to be as holy as they profess on Facebook and Instagram and everywhere else. Yes. Yes. Because if you are a remnant of God, you truly know that God is who he say he, he is. and his, his desire is that none of us perish. And if that means that your walk or my walk have to be that intense because someone's life is on the balance and this life could be a person who truly believes in God. They just may have not understood that they may be in idolatry. And only God, only the spirit of God can convict us and help us understand that we have tampered or touched some things in our life and that it's not pleasing God. So today... I don't come to judge, put anyone down. I come because I love people. And I love the fact that God is a forgiving God. And I would hate to see someone lose out. I would hate to see myself lose out. That's why I'm always looking at myself in the mirror like, Lord, am I doing all that You know, I know? How? And if I don't, reveal it to me. Put some real people in my life that could tell me about me. Because I don't need everyone smiling in my face. You don't need everyone smiling in your face. Not if you mature enough to receive it. And personally, I'm mature enough to receive it because I want to be all that I can be in the kingdom of God so that he can get the glory out of my life and that I don't leave this earth in error and lose out. And that is my whole devotion and, and reason for talking about this particular topic. Are you part of the remnant? And so we see that they were... In a foreign culture with all of this idolatry and all of these pagan practices. But these young men remained unwavering in their devotion to God. The United States of America was built on Christian principles. But we have gotten so far away that we have so much paganism in our country. And then we wonder why. And God still holds back his finger. He still keeps blessing us. But we have so many pagan things. So many pagan holidays, things and organizations that we we feel makes us great, that we feel makes us, you know, more than what God already made us great. When we come into the kingdom of God, we are already great. Kingdom on the inside of us, if only we could understand what we really have. On the inside of us, once we profess Jesus as Lord and Savior. So in Daniel, the third chapter, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego faced the fiery furnace. Rather than bow down to Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar's golden image, guess what? They didn't bow down, they went into their fiery furnace. And their miraculous deliverance exemplified God's power to save. It was a testament of their steadfast faith. Who on here is going to agree with me today that you're going to stay steadfast in your faith? Even when the naysayers come and talk about you, they may say you think you're holier than thou because you have a standard, because you choose not to to get involved, or even if you did get involved, you denounce that involvement because you want Christ to be on the forefront of everything that you do. So Daniel's integrity and adherence to his religious convictions are highlighted in Daniel 6. This is where Daniel refused to cease praying to God and it lands him in the lion's den. Again, God's deliverance showcased his sovereignty and the protection afforded to those who remain faithful. And I just want to remind you, when you're the remnant of God, you will go through. You will have problems. You will have tests. You will have trials. But it's during that time when you profess Lord Jesus is Lord and Savior. It's during that time that you do not allow your faith to waver. It's during that time that even in the midst of the fire, even in the midst of a lion, someone trying to just devour you, the enemy trying to come for everything that you got, when you stand flat footed and know that God said, if he before you is more than the whole world against you, if you would come in agreement with me today and believe that greater is he, that is on the inside of me. than he that is in the world. There is going to be a testament of your faith. There is going to be testimonies. Where God will allow you. To have the victory. But not just so you can have the victory. That you will have the victory. That he will get the glory. And that they will know. And we will know. And the world will know. The nations will know. That he is the true and living God. Give God some praise right there. Hallelujah. We thank you father. These stories are emblematic of the remnant principle. Even in exile, amidst cultural and political pressures to conform, God's faithful remnant always stands firm. I wanted to mention these stories because they are powerful illustrations of fidelity, courage, and and divine preservation. It, It reinforced the message that those who remain true to God, despite the prevailing currents of their time, are upheld, And blessed by him every time, every time, because they chose and they choose and are choosing. We are choosing even today to stand by the unadulterated word of God, that he would get the glory out of our life, that our faith will remain firm in him. And that guess what? Others will know the God that we serve is the true and living God. So the concept of the remnant in the Old Testament is not just a historical or theological, you know, uh, situation. It is a call to faithfulness. It's a reminder of God's unfailing promises. And it's an invitation to be part of the lineage of believers who, against all eyes, have chosen the path of steadfast devotion to the Almighty. Now, when we look at the New Testament, there's a transition here explaining how the concept of the remnant applies to the followers of Jesus. In Romans 11 and 5, the Apostle Paul addresses the concept of a remnant chosen by grace, highlighting the principle that God's selection is based on his grace rather than human merit or lineage. See, and this was a passage that was part of Paul's larger discussion about Israel's unbelief in the inclusion of Gentiles into God's plan of salvation. Romans 11 and 5 says it like this. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. Hallelujah. And this verse emphasizes that even in Paul's time, just as in the times of Elijah, which he references earlier in the chapter, there's a faithful remnant within Israel that has been preserved, not by works, but by God's grace, not by works, but by God's grace and the remnant concept is transformed in the new testament to reflect a community a community defined not by ethnic boundaries but by divine grace through faith in Christ Jesus paul expands on this theme of faith over ethnicity in galatians 3:28 and 29 where he speaks to the unity of believers in christ transcending all human division and it reads like this there is neither jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, and heirs, and heirs according to the promise. See, we see here in this verse, Paul makes a profound statement about the inclusive nature of the gospel. The distinctions that once separated people. Social status. Gender. They are no longer relevant. They are no longer relevant. In terms of one relationship with God. And the inclusion of his promises. So being part of God's people. His remnant is now a matter of. Faith in Christ. Making all believers. Heirs to the promise made to Abraham. My God. I thank you Father. So. We look at Romans eleven and five, and Galatians three twenty-eight through twenty-nine, and they both beautifully illustrate the shift from a primarily ethnic understanding of God's people in the Old Testament to a faith-based community in the New Testament, united by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. We see the new remnant is a diverse global community of believers who share a common faith and are called to live out the principles. Of the kingdom of God, so there are some principles and some biblical concepts um, of the remnant, which is characterized by several distinctive qualities that sets them apart as faithful followers of God. And these characteristics not only define their spiritual identity but also guides their actions and attitudes. I want to go over some of these characteristics. The first one is unwavering faith. And we've been talking about it. Hebrews 11 and 1, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. The remnant is marked by a steadfast, unwavering faith in God. When other people tell you no, when other people say it doesn't make sense, when other people are telling you how it's going to happen, the remnant, those that are marked as the remnant, have an unwavering faith in God. They, they don't look at it like God can't do it, even in the face of trials and persecution. They look at it as this is an opportunity for me to go through this trial and this tribulation, knowing that on the other side, something is going to be greater. What is going to be greater? The fact that God is going to get the glory, that others going to know the God that I serve. And they may serve these other gods. They may seem powerful. They may serve the, the God of Mammon. and they may serve this God. They love money. They may serve this God, the God of pride. They may serve these gods of organizations and statuses. But my God, when he bring me through, they're going to know the God that I serve. And their faith is not passive, but it is actively demonstrated through trust and reliance on God's promises. So while those that are the remnant go through this trial, while they go through this persecution, while they go through these troubles and all things seem to be against them, they are active. They're not, they're not crying they're not they're they're not giving in to the feeling and the emotion they're actively waiting and they're anticipating the mighty move of God knowing that because they are not wavering in their faith that God is going to show up right on time to show who he is hallelujah and that's the type of God that we serve the remnant is marked by a steadfast unwavering faith in God if you're marked by that you're part of this remnant The next one, obedience to God, commandments. There are so many commandments that God has given us. The first one is being, thou shalt not serve no other God but me. Thou shalt not kill. There are so many different commandments. And obedience is a hallmark of the remnant. They're committed to living according to God's commandments. Not out of legalism, but as a response to his love and his sovereignty. Revelation 14 and 12, here is a call for the patience of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God in their faith in Jesus. Revelation 14 and 12, it says it right there. And then the remnant is also marked by the spirit of repentance and humility. No, do we always get it right? No. Do we fall short of course? Are we perfect beings? No, we're working towards perfection. But the remnant recognizes their need for God's grace and demonstrates a spirit of repentance and humility. They're quick to turn back to God when they stray and acknowledge their dependence on him for everything, for everything, for everything. everything. So they're not independent in their thinking. They're not independent in their desires to do things. No, they're dependent on him. God, if you don't do it, it can't get done. God, if you don't make this way, it won't be, it won't open up. God, if you don't open the door, I don't want to walk through it. If you don't shut the door, everything is about their dependence on God. Second Chronicles 7 and 14. If my people who are called by my name, not, not any other God's names who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Not every other person's face. Not the world's face. Not your job's face. Not these organizations' face. Seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Their wicked ways. So each of us have to search ourselves for our wicked way. He says, then I will hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sin. And will heal their land. Are we seeking his face today? Is the question. Are we called by his name? How many things are attached to you? That's a question really to think about. How many, how many things have you become attached to with a name outside of Christ? Think about it. Then he said, well, if we would just humble ourselves. And then if we pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin. And I will heal, heal their land. People of God, the land is not healed. The land isn't healed. We've still got a lot of work to do. We still have a lot of looking introspectively in our lives to see what things have we become attached to. What things have we given homage to? What things have, have we become, have, have attached itself to our lives that, that we feel that God isn't good enough? Really? The kingdom of God isn't good enough for us to be great? The next one is the remnant holds fast to their testimony. The remnant is characterized by their commitment to bear witness to Jesus. Holding fast to their testimony, even in the face of opposition, their lives reflect the transformative power of the word of God. Revelation 12, 17 Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring. Those who keep God's commands and hold fast their testimony about Jesus. Her offspring was the remnant. When you read the different versions, the offspring was the remnant. The enemy, the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the remnant. Those who keep God's commands and hold fast their testimony of, about Jesus, those who are the remnant, and you identify as that, just remember you will be, you will enrage people. You will enrage the enemy. And I know today, it, this may enrage someone that may listen to it, but it's really about making sure your soul is anchored in the Lord. I, I, it, I does it doesn't matter to me. Um, because I know the assignment that God has given me. The the outcome is that you don't lose out on, on your soul because each and every last one of us will have to stand before Jesus. We will have to make an account for our own sal- salvation. And so a lot of times people say, oh, you're talking to the unsaved. I'm talking to the unsaved and the saved because we have let so much paganism come into the body of Christ. We have let so much paganism come into an entity that that is to be pure. It's the kingdom of God. And we think we need help from all these different places and organizations and all of this. No, God is God alone. He don't need any help. We want to see sign miracles and wonders, do we? Because if we truly want to see it, we have to get rid of all of this idolatry in the church. We got to get rid of the idolatry in the body of Christ. Yes, I'm saying it. Because I am the remnant. I know who I am. I know what God created me to do. It takes us to the next point. The remnant has a love for God and others. So this message today that God gave me is not about the condemn. It's not to condemn. No, it's about the love of God and God wanting us to not be ignorant of the enemy devices. Because it says that my people are destroyed. Why? Because of lack of knowledge. Now if you have the knowledge. And you're just not being obedient. I'm going to pray. Because now you're walking in disobedience. And we're wondering why there's a hindrance. We're wondering why the power of God is not moving the way we want in the body of Christ. Why aren't we seeing limbs grow back? Why aren't we seeing the the, the deaf walk in and, and then they can leave out? How why we why we're not seeing people who who come in with we have ten and fifteen people in wheelchairs they should be walking out walking. Why? I'm not saying it's based on our just our behavior, but if we're not tr- truly serving God as God alone. That's a question that needs to be asked. Are we truly giving God his true place? Are we truly giving him the true the real the real place? The real place in each and every person's lives? Because when we come in and and we get on one accord, it's power. There's power. But are we really on one accord? Are we serving other gods? Are we serving our, our money? Are we serving our careers? Are we serving our statuses? Are we serving our our making our husband a God, our wives, our children, our families? Jesus said He said, Pick up your cross and follow me. When you pick up that cross and follow him, you've forsaken everything and everyone. It's not to say you're not going to be in order with your family, you know, make sure your household is taking care of, your husband or your wife, your children. But ultimately, you should be following Christ and his teachings and his way. That he, God, would be honored with your behavior. We got to search ourselves, people of God. Yes, the remnant love is the defining attribute. Love is the defining attribute of the remnant. Their love for God is evident in their worship and their obedience and their love for people. You know, it's manifested in acts of kindness, compassion, and service. And even in this message today, my heart goes out in a place of compassion. And you know why my heart goes out? Because there was a time, and I'm still always um looking at my life, but there was a time when I really had to sit down and I had to look at my life and recognize, did I give way to any anything that created a God in my life? And I had, I had did that. I created, I had, I had, I had created a God by pledging to a sorority at one time in my life. I I had made my ex-husband a God. You know, everything revolved around him, and he revolved everything around me. And when God took everything away and I and I and He showed me, one day I asked him, I said, Lord, I want you to be my everything. My everything. And I put it to the test. I moved to a state. After working a job. Where I had. I was I was at the top. I didn't have to leave that job. I made very good money. But the Lord said. I need you to leave this state. And move to a different one. And I left at an age. That's not really favorable. Where people were like. Oh you're about to start all over again. But if God told me to do it. I had to be obedient. And one thing I stood on was my faith. An unwavering faith. Because you know what I said? If he did it before, he can do it again. If he gave me status before, he can do it again. But this time, I wasn't associating myself with any sorority. My resume, strictly job, strictly clean I didn't want anyone to give me favoritism. I didn't, I didn't want favoritism. You know what I wanted? I wanted to see the hand of God move in my life purely. And I said, God, this time, I know you're going to show me who you are. And lo and behold, He showed me who he is and still is, who he was. Not only did I get hired at another prominent hospital in a state 750 miles from a state I lived in close to 40 years old starting over basically but he made my name great so don't tell me when you choose to give, give and put him in his rightful place that he will not show himself strong Don't tell me because I lived it. I have been given positions. I should have had a degree. I didn't have the degree that that particular position wanted. But guess what God gave me? He gave me the wisdom. He gave me the favor. He gave me that position. He did it. Why? Because I put him in his rightful place. And I removed all these other gods. Don't tell me what God can't do. Why? Because I put him in his rightful place. I said God. You are the God that will heal me. You said that healing is the children's bread. And so when we put. When we put God in the place. Where he is supposed to be. Trials and tribulations won't stop. No they won't stop. They won't stop coming. But you got to have an unwavering faith. You got to have a belief in God. That guess what. No matter what goes on in my life i'm going to stand flat-footed on his word hallelujah he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and i declared and i decreed and with your stripes jesus i am healed Declare that with me today. If you're going through anything in your mind and your body, in your spirit and your soul, if your family and your loved ones are going through trials and tribulations, you're going to have to get a word on the inside of you to let the enemy know and to remind yourself of who you are that you will not unwaver in your faith, that you will not give up in this journey, that you will stay the course, that you will run this race. And guess what? You will accomplish exactly what God has told you to accomplish, not for your glory, but for the glory of God. Hallelujah. And so the remnant have a love for God and a love for people. Matthew 22, 37 and 39 it says, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. God is so good. He tell us right here. Love the Lord your God. The day the question is, is he your God or or do you have gods? Is he your God? How many times have we sat down and had to think about do we do? Why am I going through this? Why do it seem like I'm going in a circle? Nothing ever happens for me. Is he truly, ask yourself. Is he truly your God? Have you put him on the throne of your heart? Is he your everything? Is he your everything? Or is your job your everything? Or is your spouse your everything? Or is your children your everything? Or is your status your everything? Or is your titles your everything? Is your money your everything? But The question becomes, is God your everything? Because that's what he want to be. He wants you to experience the goodness. He wants you to experience peace, love, joy, and happiness in the Holy Ghost. He don't want us to suffer. That's not God's plan for us. That's the enemy's plan. And we, as the people of God, have to recognize the difference. No, are we perfect? Absolutely not. But there has got to come a time in your life where you have to sit down and recognize have I given in to other things? Sage, have I given in to other things that proclaim to have power over unclean spirits? Really? His power alone. His power alone. Call on the name of Jesus. Walk through your house and you declare and decree and call on the name of Jesus. Curse every cursed thing and bless every blessed thing. And you start calling on the name of Jesus. Save your money off some sage, off some crystals, off this new age stuff. That's taking you deeper in a a path that's really want, want, want to take you away from the power of God. God don't need no help. He doesn't need any help. He's God and he's God alone. The remnant endures challenges and tribulations with perseverance. They keep their eyes fixed on the eternal hope they have in Christ. Their endurance is a testament to their faith and trust in God's ultimate deliverance. Look at James 1 and 12. It said, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person Will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love Him. Then the remnant, they're in pursuit of holiness. That's what we're talking about today. The remnant seeks to live holy lives set apart for God's purposes. They strive for purity and thought, word, and deed, recognizing their bodies as temples of the Holy Spirit. See, we we look to live lives that's holy. And, and that's, my, that's my everyday question to God. God, please let me live and, and understand your word so that I can live in a way that's pleasing unto you. And am I perfect? No, God. But I don't want anything to take your place. I don't want anything to, to, to come into my life and try to take away your power. That what power you represent the true and living power. I don't need these other... Animated things to to, to try to uh, represent that it has power, it doesn't have the that power, you have that ultimate power. In First Peter, the first chapter, verses 15 through 16, it says, But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. He said it, be holy, for I am holy. And see, these characteristics are just a glimpse into the heart and the life of a person that represents or call themselves the remnant. They reflect a deep commitment to God and the desire to live in a way that honors him, embodying the principles of the kingdom of heaven in every aspect of their lives. So the remnant, those who call themselves the remnant. Oh, yes. They, they, they face challenges. They face challenges. They go through situations. But we're reminded. That living a godly life in Christ Jesus. Will attract persecution. But God's presence and strength. Are always with the remnant. They're always with his remnant. And the path of the remnant. While marked by a deep commitment to faithfulness. And obedience to God. Is not without its challenges. The scriptures are clear. That those who strive to live in accordance with God's will. Will often not sometimes, will often face trials and tribulations, both from the world around them and from their own internal struggles. Yes, every day I have to get up and make a commitment. God, give me the grace for today. Cover my mind for today, for what may happen. It may be tragic today and, and it may be wonderful today. Somebody may come up and give me $10 million. I've never managed $10 million. Give me the capacity and the grace to be able to handle what you're giving and doing in my life. But the persecution is for righteousness sake. So we have to remember that one of the most challenges faced by the remnant is persecution. And it comes in various forms from social people, you know, really not wanting to be around you. It comes from legal penalties people lying, witch hunts, physical harm, or even death because they decided that they're not going to waver in their commitment to Christ and his teachings. And people will get mad at you when you ask the question of idolatry in, in anyone's life. It's not to hurt or harm anyone. It's for us to get this thing right before you close your eyes because we will all have to make an account for our lives. Second Timothy The third chapter, 12 through 13. It says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. So it reminds us that persecution is a reality for those who earnestly follow Jesus our Christ. It implies a badge of honor. Signifying alignment with the teachings and the sufferings of Christ. The remnant, people of God, we will go through spiritual warfare. It engages us in a constant battle against spiritual forces that seek to undermine our faith and distract us from our divine calling. When you constantly see a person struggling, and some people want to be, oh, it's inconsistency, it is this is no, you don't know the battles that they're fighting. Because they decide to speak truth, because they they decide to love the unlovable, because they decide to do what Jesus, with the Word of God, tells them to do. There's a battle; a spirit, spiritual forces come against against us that that are trying to to constantly, not sometimes. Ephesians six to twelve. It says, "For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers." against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Because they want to keep the people in the dark. The spiritual forces do not want people to know the truth. But God said that we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. And let me tell you, you have to know that you know that you know who God has told you to be. And if nobody's standing with you, you got to know that God is standing with you. But it's a potent challenge trying to lead. The people of God, these chosen people, away from a life of simplicity and sacrificial service to God. 1 John, the second chapter, verses 15 through 17, says it. Do not love the world anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. So, we're warned against the seductive power of worldly desires, urging the remnant to maintain their focus on eternal values. Are you part of the remnant? I believe you are. And God wants to use us for his glory in this time. James 1, 5 and 6. If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. But when you ask, that's the thing. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Yes, these challenges come at the very heart of of our faith. And for the relationship that we have with God. We have to stay encouraged in the midst of trials and tribulations, knowing who God has created us to be, knowing that we are a particular people. We're a particular people. And God doesn't make any mistakes. He knows exactly what he did, what he's doing, and what he wants to do. The question becomes, what do we, what do we want? First Peter 2 and 9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Talk about your testimony, the praises. Despite all these challenges, the remnant is not without hope or support because God's presence and his strength are always a constant source of our comfort and our empowerment. Isaiah 41 and 10 says it like this. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He didn't say I might. It says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. And I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. See, the promises from God assures us, can be flat footed unwavering or knowing that God supports us that God assures us that he does divine intervention reminding us that we are never alone in our struggles and the journey for us even though we may have challenges is a journey that's marked by God's faithfulness provision and redemptive power it serves us When we go through these trials, it serves to refine us and to strengthen our faith, giving us a deeper and more resilient relationship with our God. I thank him today for his sovereignty, for his love, for his grace, for his peace, for never, ever leaving or forsaking us. You're part of that community characterized by faithfulness, obedience, You have a devotion to God. You have intentional steps. You're going to have commitments to your spiritual journey. You're going to know who you are. You're going to speak the truth. You're going to be able to stand alone when no one stands with you, knowing that God is right there with you. You're going to know that the kingdom of God is on the inside of you and that you don't have to partake with every situation, every organization, every community. You don't have to be a part of every uh, relationship. You're going to know that you are chosen, that you are a royal priesthood. You are are who God says you are. And not only are you who God says that you are, but you're here as his mouthpiece. You're here to demonstrate love, to demonstrate humility. And when you don't, and you may fall short, you're jumping right back to get it right. You're going to be intentional. You're going to have the capacity to be able to handle everything that God gives you. To accomplish. Your assignment is going to be clear. And you're going to have. A upgirding from the Holy Spirit. To walk your walk. In confidence. In love and peace and, and humility. And when those who feel. That they may, you may be naive. Or not understand. Just because you don't say it. Does not mean you don't know it. The remnant are really. Really peculiar people. They're different and set-aside, set-apart people. And a lot of times, people will always try to get to understand them. But you can't always understand what God is doing in the lives of this set-aside group. Because God is God. And if we're obedient and we follow His leading, we can't even make sense of it. We're doing it out of obedience and out of the love that we have for our God. Why? Because we have chosen to put him on the forefront of everything that we do. We are dependent on our God to lead and guide us. We are dependent as He make the provision. We're dependent as He lead us. We're not a people that's competing. We're not a, a competitive group of people. We just want God to be glorified. And I thank Him today. For his sovereignty, for his grace, and his mercy, and his peace. So many people are doing podcasts. And a lot of times, you know, you hear a lot of gossip about the church. You hear a lot about people just talking about different things. But God hasn't given me that. This podcast is called The Remnant for a reason. And I thank him. Because the reason is to make sure. He says, Jackie, remind my people to stay close to me to continue to look within themselves, deepen their relationship with me, because things are going to get crazier in the world and in the body of Christ. He's coming first for for his bride. He's coming first for the body of Christ. And so my assignment has been, tell them who I am, what I'm able to do, what I've done for you. I could do it for anyone. And so we want to deepen our relationship with him. Intentional prayer, meditation on the scripture, seeking his presence. Have Bible study, engage in in Bible study. Personal study plans, you know, just get to know God for yourself and then utilize all your resources. Prayer, have a consistent prayer life. Intercede for others, intercede for your nation, intercede for your friends and your family and your leaders. Reflecting God's love and His compassion. You know, active church participation. Fellowship and accountability. Discipleship and mentoring. And then witness. Witness out your faith. Live an authentic lifestyle. Share the gospel. Look for opportunities to share the gospel. You know, in a respectful and understanding manner. And then serve others. Find ways to serve your community. To love on people, to help people, to talk, pray. Continue to learn and take courses and educate yourself about the spiritual things of God, theology, your Christian Christian life, formal education, online courses, reading, spiritual disciplines. Fast. Be silent sometimes. Be in solitude. You know, sometimes it's okay to be by yourself to deepen your spiritual life. I don't judge others, but when I'm always saying people have to be a part of a clique, you always got to be in someone's face. You can never stand alone. Because some God calls us all, he calls his people to a place of solitude. It helps to deepen our spiritual life. And then we have to remember, when we go through trials, these are opportunities for growth. These are opportunities for growth. When I went through the transformation of moving from one one state to another state on faith, trusting God, at an age that wasn't favorable to many. And I discounted everything that I had before. All associations, all organizations, all statuses. To stand on faith and unwavering faith. That was an opportunity for me to grow. It built resilience in my adversity. It was a challenge, but I also grew spiritually. I trusted in God's purpose and his provision through a difficult time when everybody was laughing at me. My entire family, people was laughing at me. Oh, she'll be back. She's not going to make it. How's she going to make it? I had two kids and they were little, but God, but God. So I want to encourage you to incorporate these practices into your life, to align yourself with the core characteristics, growing in your relationship with God and living out your faith authentically in this world. Remember, being part of the remnant is not about perfection, but it's about a sincere heart seeking after God and a life that strives to to reflect his love and his truth. Also, remember to self-examine yourself. Make sure that you haven't pledged to any other God, but to the true and living God. Check your life for idolatry on every level. And if you find that you've interacted as doing such, repent, repent, and repent. Denounce it. Come against it. Anything that doesn't please God, anything that doesn't honor our true and living God, turn from it now. Because tomorrow is not promised. And I don't come to judge you. I come in the spirit of love to encourage you. Because every last one of us will have to make an account for our own life. And you will not be able to say that you didn't hear. You didn't hear it. So I declare and decree that your latter is going to be greater than your former. As we pray on this evening. If anyone wants to get their heart to Christ. I'm going to do a prayer of salvation before we end. And I just want you to know that I want God's best for you. Just like I want his best for me. And I pray that what you've heard will touch you in some way in the deeper parts of your heart, in the deeper core of your mind, not to rely on anything for God's power, but his power. Test him. He told you in his word, try me and see if I don't prove to you who I am. A lot of times we have to try him. We try all these other things, but we don't try him for everything. Not for some things. We need to try and believe God for everything. Because when we do, oh my gosh. He shows up. And he shows out. And he gives you his best. He don't do things halfway. We serve a really awesome God, people of God. And so the kingdom, if you're saved, is on the inside of you. I want to leave you with this scripture before we pray. I want to draw inspiration from the words of Joshua, who was a leader who life exemplified unwavering commitment to God. And in Joshua 24, 15, it's a timeless call to decision and dedication. It says here in Joshua twenty-four fifteen, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. That's my declaration tonight. As for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. You have a choice. God is a gentleman. He's not trying to make you serve him. But he will send people along like myself to encourage you to get to know who he really is. So this verse invites us to make a deliberate choice about whom we will serve. And it challenges us to evaluate our priorities and align our lives with our commitment to God, regardless of the prevailing cultural situations today. Listen, I want to pray today for anyone who has not given their heart to Christ If you will repeat this prayer with me as we pray, after you've prayed, you have given your heart to Christ. You have now transitioned from the world of darkness into the kingdom of God. Pray with me. Father God, I thank you for an opportunity to come before your presence. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead and he now lives in me. Thank you, Lord, that I am saved and I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus name, amen. Hallelujah. And if you just prayed that prayer, like I stated, you have transitioned over. The angels of heaven are rejoicing with you. I may never know that you said this prayer, but God knows. And let me tell you, your life will never be the same. Now, what you want to do is get in a Bible-believing place of worship, a church that's going to teach you about the Word of God. It says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So, in order for you to increase this level of faith now, you have to get in a place where your faith, you can be taught the Word, so it can increase on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I thank you for joining me today. I want to pray to today for guidance and strength. As we end our podcast on today, again, you are the remnant of God. I started with asking, are you part of the remnant? But as we end, I'm declaring and decreeing that you are the remnant of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we stand before you today. We thank you, God, for your sovereignty, for your grace, for your love, for your peace. Father, as we seek to be a part of your faithful remnant, we ask for your guidance And for your strength. God, we ask that you would grant us the wisdom to navigate these complexities of our times with discernment and grace. Help us to deepen our relationship with you through prayer, God, through your word and fellowship with other believers. May our lives reflect the beauty of your holiness, the depth of your love, and the power of your truth. In moments of trials and tribulations and temptations, remind us that we are never alone. Your word declares that you will never leave us and that you will never forsake us and that your presence is our constant source of comfort and strength. Father, empower us to stand firm in faith, to live out your commandments in the whole fast to the testimony of Jesus Christ. May our choices, our actions and our words bear witness to the light of your word, drawing others to the hope and salvation found in you. And as we commit ourselves afresh to you, Lord, oh God, let your will be done in and through us. We thank you for your unfailing love and to be with us always. In Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen. Again, I want to thank you for joining me on The Remnant Podcast. Be blessed, and don't forget to stay connected. Take care now.
2: As we draw the curtain on another enriching episode of The Remnant Podcast, we extend our heartfelt gratitude to each one of our cherished listeners. Your support and engagement means the world to us. If you found inspiration, comfort, or a new perspective in today's episode, we invite you to share it with friends and family. Together, we can create a community of seekers and believers, united by the timeless truths we uncover. Remember to stay connected with The Remnant Podcast and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platforms to help us reach even more hearts. For daily doses of encouragement and updates, Follow us on Facebook at The Remnant Podcast, on Instagram at The Remnant Podcast, and Podbean.com. Your journey doesn't end with this episode. There's more to explore, discuss, and discover together. And our prayer is that you will continue to prosper and be in good health and live confidently as a Kingdom citizen.